Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 20. In verse 17 we read, As Jesus was going to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, Behold, we are going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and the third day he will be raised up. So now seemingly to bring this discussion on service and servanthood to a close, and to put the exclamation point, if you will, upon the cost of being a true and faithful Uh, individual to one's calling, Jesus reminds the apostles herein what his true mission was on this earth. It seemed that each time Jesus mentioned this mission to the guys, they seemed to suddenly grow deaf. Apparently they just didn't get it. They were so set upon Jesus setting up his earthly kingdom that they turned a deaf ear to such remarks. Even if they were blatant truth things, it just didn't fit with their idea of how the program ought to be run. It was not until after all the events of the cross had taken place that they started to remember what he had said. Ultimately, we see once again that those 12 men, well, they were just that, men. Flawed and still fighting the flesh, They wanted to mold Christianity into something that it was not, even when Jesus clearly taught something different. Such is yet a vast part of the greater church practice today, it seems. Verse 20, we read, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, kneeling and asking a certain thing of him. In a sad admission, as to both the heart of man and the lack of understanding of the previous passage concerning the crucifixion and the resurrection and servanthood, the apostles stumbled onward. Jesus was marching forward. However, he was marching to the cross with eyes open, wide open, while his followers were still trying to figure out where they really were going. From the whole of the text, we gather that James and John likely put their mother up to this little endeavor. Perhaps because, as many understand, they were blood cousins of Jesus. And therefore, maybe they were attempting to exploit that unique familial position. But more likely, this move was precipitated just by the fact that once again, they were men. Men who struggled with their flesh their egos, and the continued lack of understanding of God's kingdom. Verse 21, he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, command that these, my two sons, may sit, one on your right hand and one on your left hand in your kingdom. So mama does the talking here for these two sons of thunder mama's boys. But at least she knew who was running the show and who she had to talk to to get things done. James and John, they were self-seeking. Not for a chance to serve, but for the pride of position, for the honor of recognition. It seems 
we so easily forget that our Lord knows the heart and motives in each of us. James and John, along with Peter, had seen and experienced what the others had not. Therefore, the temptation to get caught up with themselves was very strong in these two, just as it is with us when we are given greater positions. Verse 22 says, Jesus answered, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. You do not know what you ask. Well, certainly that goes without saying. I mean, many of us will leap into the realm of discipleship with all of its blessings and, yes, all of its warfare without grasping the extent of the cost. Certainly in this case, the Sons of Thunder had a reach which would exceed their grasp, for they, like so many of us, were quick to answer. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. We're able to take it on. One has to admire their tenacity, if not their blind foolishness. I guess we repeat this scenario over and over, even yet today. The use of the term baptism herein brings to us the picture of an all-encompassing commitment and experience, a full dunk into whatever one is facing. For Jesus, it was the cross and more. It was a complete life and death performance. Verse 23, he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for whom it has been prepared by my Father. So with no denial, Jesus ironically agrees with their assessment, at least as far as the baptism is concerned. With this territory comes a cost that is, well, immeasurable over a lifetime, and they would soon find that out. So whether they really understood at this point or not, these boys were in for it. As we read on through the Gospels in the book of Acts, we see up close and personal. Again, they would indeed drink of his cup. It has been said that James died a martyr's death and John lived a martyr's life. Either way, it was a baptized cost. It cost them everything. But the honored position that they sought did not necessarily come with the territory. No such promises are given in Scripture nor in spirit. You see, our position is to serve. And the only title we're assured of is servant. Verse 24 goes on, When the ten heard it, they were indignant with the two brothers. So, not to be outdone, Along comes the other ten apostles to manifest that they too were just but men in the flesh. What exactly motivated this displeasure, we don't know for sure, but we certainly can guess. It's funny how we can get all indignant concerning selfishness and sin in others, when the truth is that most of the time, they only had beat us to the punch. Verse 25, But Jesus summoned them and said, you know that the rulers of the nations lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. So now Jesus takes this great opportunity, this teaching moment, to elaborate on the crucial issue of servanthood. He firstly calls them to himself. 
I guess this is where all the answers to life are. Jesus has always held to the position that the kingdom runs the opposite of this world. And no mystery there, for scripture clearly tells us that Satan is the prince of the world. Jesus' point, his point, is that those of the world seek position as a door to power. Power to rule over others, power to lift ourselves up over others. Verse 26 says, It shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to come or become great among you shall be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you shall be your bondservant. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.